We have got a great episode today of State Your Line. Stick around for the mixed plate of best nicknames for Kansas City athletes at the end. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Lead Bank as part of our Leading the Line series. This series, in collaboration with Lead Bank, is to highlight compassionate people and their imaginative work that is making a big difference in our local community. Lead Bank takes the responsibility of being a community bank seriously and is dedicated to making our Kansas City an even stronger community, a community that draws its strength and success from a shared commitment to openness regardless of neighborhood, gender, language, or ethnicity. Lead Bank will be at the heart of that commitment, bringing people, capital, and innovation together for the welfare of the city. One of Lead Bank's focuses is dedicated to supporting children, including access to equitable education. Today's guest is Charles King. He is the CEO of the Kansas City Teacher Residency. The KCTR is a nonprofit organization with a goal to recruit, prepare, develop, place, and retain mission-oriented individuals who want to make a deep commitment to working in high-need urban schools in the Kansas City area. If you're looking for high-quality financial products from a bank that is committed to being your bank for good, then look no farther. For more information, call 816-220-8600 or visit www.lead.bank. Welcome into State Your Line, a podcast for Kansas Cityans by Kansas Cityans. We are the Ritz Brothers. Today is August 17th. Well, we just had Kansas City Day, 816 Day. 816 Day. Beautiful, beautiful with the way those dates line up. Uh, but uh, I think we should start with uh, how your first pitch went. Yeah. Uh, hit the backstop. Hit It did I'm hit just, the backstop. I'm just facts. It hit the backstop. That's what good pitchers the- do, Kev. They send a message with that first pitch. Well, they send start, a message. That pl- that pitch started over the plate. I think mm-hmm. we'll have to go to the video. The Royals are they, they haven't sent me like the official video yet. Mm-hmm. All we have is the video you took. They're going to send seats. you a, a official video. Yeah. Oh wow. I know. Oh sweet. I can't okay. wait. So yeah. maybe maybe by tomorrow we'll have it and you'll be able to like slop splice it in right here. Mm-hmm. But um, so the Royals are going to send me the real video. That I don't know. That pitch had a lot of movement. I think we need to get, um, you know, the all the all the Amazon Web Services, the Statcast. Mm-hmm. We need to see how much it moved because I think it broke at least eighteen inches. <laughs> it started on one side of the plate mm-hmm. and ended on the other. Yeah, it was a cutter. The two seamer. It was. It, it was, was cutting. It was seaming too nasty. too much. It was nasty. How hard do you think you threw it? Did you throw it as hard as you could? No, okay. but I bet I threw it. Well, the over under was sixty. I don't think the your catcher was expecting you to throw it that hard. I I warned multiple times. <laughs> I'm bringing the heat. I'm throwing the heat. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it was it was harder probably than anyone would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in in your video you can hear the fans gasp with. <laughs> I think <laughs> with how much was like with oh, how much heat. No, man, well, he missed. Are you sure? I, you could hear it hit the backstop, so it had a little bit of mustard. I think on the it. gasp was. <gasps> is this? Does this guy? Do we need to sign him? Sign him to a contract? Is he a pro? Was he a part of that 2018 draft class? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was it was really cool. The the coolest thing by far is just like being on the mound and just like 
how high the stands go mm-hmm. and like how big the stadium is. And then it makes you think like, it's so weird that there's all these seats to watch people play baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because like me throwing a pitch. You're having make, like a uh, existential crisis. Yeah. Out yeah. On that. <laughs> That's what happened to Steve Nebraska too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Me yeah. and Steve Nebraska. But, but you're, you're just like, you're out there and you're about to like play catch, mm-hmm. have a catch. And, and you're, and then there's all these seats around you and you're just like, wow, this is a lot of seats to fill with people to just watch mm-hmm. a baseball game. Yeah. So it's a little weird that way, but, uh, it was really awesome. Um, it, it was much more laid back than I thought it was going to be. Like be- we went and we were told to like check in an hour beforehand. So we went, we got there, we checked in and the guy was like, all right, yeah, you're, I got you checked in. He was like, I don't need you for like another half hour. So then we just walked around. We got to again. I was with my my coworker Mike, who uh, who was the catcher. Uh, we walked around, had a pre pitch quirk. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. don't know that that might have increased the movement, Lo- loosened you up. Yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe Brad Keller and all those other pitchers have a couple quirks before your start. Mm-hmm. Get a little more movement on. Yeah. Um, and then and then they take you down the tunnel, and you're just hanging out in the tunnel with uh, with the national anthem singer, with the color guards, like the army people. Mm-hmm. I think I deserve a ton of credit here. The flag was falling off one of the color guards. I grabbed some tape behind me. We just taped it up real quick. Is a, a, a medal or something coming I, your way? I think there should be a medal. Yeah, so a we, ceremony so, of sorts. So we're just down there, and this and the guy who's holding the flag is all pissed at one of the other Army guys because he's the one who got the flags ready and didn't realize it was broken. And, and there's a little bit of panic. I found some just like packaging tape. We just wrapped it up. Impressive. Got the got the thank flag you back for together. Your service. Thank, yeah, thank yes. you for thanking me for my service. And then you're hanging out with the play ball kid. Oh, so the play okay. ball kid is down there. They they just choose the play ball kid right before the game starts. Sweet. So they they just like walk around. I think this is how it's always done, and try to find a kid for the play ball kid. So mm-hmm. we're just hanging out, and uh, and then and then they're like, hey, yeah, time to come out on the field. And um, my biggest mistake was like. They didn't say any, like in the email beforehand, they said, you know, you must wear your mask at all times. Yeah. And they didn't say anything when we got there. So I think if I just wouldn't have asked, I would have, I would have just taken my mask off as I walked out to the mound. Cause I mm-hmm. wish I wouldn't have had my mask on while yeah. I was on the mound. Yeah. Um, but I asked like right before and he was like, yeah, well, what you are you trying to prove? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making a statement. Um, the, uh, but so I wish I would have taken my mask off. Yeah. Maybe that would have, maybe I would have thrown it more over the plate. Maybe security would have rushed you. Maybe. Who knows? It would have gone viral. Yeah. So I felt pretty good about it, to be honest. I feel like I threw a pretty good pitch. I think um, you should. It sailed a little, it was a little outside. Um, but, uh, I feel pretty, pretty good. Yeah. about it. The video looks not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't come close. set. It was a bulk. It was a balk. So I got called out on that. It was a balk. Um, but you don't have to come set if there's no one on base. But I also was pitched from the stretch and the wind up, wind up simultaneously. Yeah, that was, a, that was new. <laughs> that was a new hybrid, um, which um, I don't know what the rules are on that. Yeah. That hybrid. No, no one knows. As long as you repeat it. I think no one's good. ever tried it. Yeah, I think you're good. So, uh, so yeah, I guess, uh, I guess it wasn't a balk because yeah. no one was on base. But, but uh, pretty pretty cool. Uh, also, shout out to, to fan of the show, Jim Kramer, for hooking me up Hell yeah. with some tickets. So I had a front row seat 
uh, to watch Danny airmail that uh, first pitch. Well, not airmail. So. <laughs> too much movement. Too much movement. I need pitching ninja. I need to get on a pitching ninja. Ooh, gift. once we get the uh, the official video, the official video because it's right behind you. We'll send it to pitching. Yeah, ninja. we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see how much movement it's got. And see what he thinks. Um, all right. Uh, so that's first pitch. Uh, I think that's all the Royals I want to talk because I was at Sunday's game and uh, with with a bunch of Cardinals fans. Yeah. With 60% of the stadium being Cardinals fans. It was not good. And then out the Yankees game, a lot of Yankees roars this week. So tough tough week for Kauffman Stadium with tough the Yankees week for the and K. Cardinals in town. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Not, not a good look for the, I mean, the product on the field, the stands, mm-hmm. all around stinker. Yeah. But uh, let's talk overreactions from the Chiefs preseason game. That's what I'd much rather do. Okay. Or we could just call them reactions because they're probably going to be very 100% well-grounded. Level-headed. Yeah, very well-grounded things like uh, did um, uh, Jody Fortson make maybe the greatest catch of all time for the Chiefs? You see that uh, little one-handed I grab saw and run? Is he, one hand. is he the best Chiefs tight end since Tony Moyaki? I, I mean, he could be. Could be. Tra- is he Travis coaching him up on the sideline? Love that. Oh, wow. Um, I don't even this is this is again, this is just a reaction. Mm-hmm. I think Byron Pringle's the number three wide receiver. Yeah. Or the sorry, the number three uh pass catcher. Mm-hmm. The number two wide receiver, the number three pass catcher on the team. He's that good. Yeah. He's that like he was so wide open on that touchdown. Great route. Just a great out route. Couldn't be guarded. Um, I am very scared about our defensive back depth. Um, mm-hmm. because Juan Thornhill and Devon Key, who everyone was like, Devon Key is having a great camp. He looked like poo, and so did Juan Thornhill. But DeAndre Baker, did you okay. see him? He had six passes I thrown think- his way. And six incompletions. Okay. He was making plays. Okay. I'm still very plays. nervous about the depth at, at defensive back with like, because that means Dan yeah. Sorensen is going to play a lot and and Ben Neiman, pray to the Lord, our Jesus Christ, that he does not. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but very scared about that. Um, I also think, uh, again, just, just a reaction, Chris Jones is early favorite for defensive player of the year. Yeah. Put a future on him. If you're mm-hmm. in a state that is betting, Put a future on Chris Jones winning Defensive Player of the Year because he just seems like he wants – he's on a mission to prove everyone that that uh, he can play D-end. Mm-hmm. He wants another contract at the D-end level. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to be an absolute beast this year. I mean, mm-hmm. he like all his reps in training camp, he's like going 100%. Yes. Um, so – with because I've seen every single rep he's taken in yeah. training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, shout-out to Eddie High on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know who you are, Eddie High. I think he's from Liberty. I I've never followed yeah. you before, uh, but great, great uh, camp videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Chris Jones, Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes threw two passes. Your thoughts? How do you look? This dink and dunk bullshit <laughs> had better change quickly. Yeah, I was. Or ready. I'm about to. I was. Everyone was just ready to to bury McCole Hardman of the second or the fourth play of the game. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah. ready to just be like, all right, Done. well, McCole Hardman experience is over, over because of one rep in a preseason game. Two passes underneath Mahomes. If you're what, not yeah. gonna Why open he, up that what, arm, yeah, yeah. if you're not gonna throw it downfield, I don't want you on the team. All right, this dink and dunk BS has got to end now. Mm-hmm. So um, I also watched uh, all uh, eleven snaps with the offensive line playing together. Okay, it's good. Okay, it is good against the backup 49ers? Yes. Okay, we don't so, have to say that. Don't say that. But Trey Smith looked good, looked physical. Love that. He had a sweet couple sweet blocks and pass protection. They ran a stunt. 
defensive end, defensive tackle switch. He oh, picked it up like easily. he's a, like he's a all pro. Yeah, yeah. I think I do think uh, another overreaction. Our short yardage running situation has been fixed. Mm-hmm. We we fixed the short yardage running problems that we've had. In I the think past. so too. Completely fixed because of Trey Smith mostly. Mm-hmm. So that's my takeaway. Yeah, um, I I think that's uh, about it. I mean. It was good to watch football on TV. It was. Yeah, I watched uh, the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And then highlights. Highlights. And highlights. So uh, there's our Chiefs overreactions from game one. Uh, let's move into some openings this week. Uh, we have a kind of a classic in Kansas City, uh, Tenderloin Herrera's Tenderloin Grill, uh, which has been in Just Kansas Just Tenderloin City. Grill. Is it? Is it called Herrera's? Uh, I mean, that's what the star calls it. Okay. It might just be called Tenderloin Grill. Yeah, Tenderloin Grill Tenderloin on Grill. Southwest Boulevard. Herrera's is small in the logo. Ah, uh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been around since 1932. They've got new owners. Yeah. This is like, it, this being on our opening segment, like, because it opened in 1932. Yeah. Um, that's pretty on brand for us. <laughs> do you ever have like- Have uh, you heard about this place? On uh, Spotify Weekly, it's like Release Radar, and it's like a new Prince song or something like that. It's mm. like, huh. No, I haven't had that. Okay, or like, yeah. a, or like you know, someone who's dead, they'll that'll they'll release be, a new album that's okay. like remastered or something like that. But it pops up on my release radar playlist. It's like Prince. I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. Prince coming out with new music. So that's like this situation. Yeah, uh, Tenderloin Grill has been open since 1932. It's definitely a classic on the boulevard. Um, essentially, it was open in 1932. It was bought by a customer, a fan of theirs, in 1960. That owner is Herrera, who's owned it yeah, since Ricardo 1960. Um, in ni- they, that owner stepped away and basically wasn't involved in the day-to-day management. And their GM and manager, he was in charge of it for the last five years. He passed away in January of 2021 and basically... It has been closed since January 2021 because the general manager passed away, and I don't think they had anyone to run it. Three people at Minsky's and and people like uh, three people from the Minsky's ownership group um, decided that they loved it and they wanted to buy it from the current owner, so they bought it and they're opening it back up. So I'm stoked about this. This is a great spot. If you've not been. Um, it's delicious. It's very, very good. Um, when I live down in the crossroads, this is like a guilty pleasure lunch that you can snack on. They're famous for their tenderloin sandwiches, obviously, but which I've had, and they are very, very delicious. Mm-hmm. They're also famous for the pig snoot sandwich, uh, which is a pig's nose, a pig snout on a bun. I'm looking at it. It's, it looks disgusting. Yeah, I, I can't eat that. They told us that. It's a nose looking right at you. Yeah, they told us that like uh, cops will take rookies there and make them, make them eat it. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, basically it's a pig nose. Like the whole nose. Like yep. the bridge of the nose, not just the you little You can see the snout, nostrils. The whole nose. The whole nose. And they pressure cook it. And, and uh, by the way, the Kinsey Star has a video of them pressure cooking it. It's one of the worst videos I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Don't watch it. Okay. Yeah, it's like I it tries to be like, uh, you know, D- triple like D's where it's like network. this ingredient, this ingredient, this ingredient. But it's it's like 10 minutes long and there's no editing. So it's just like, you know, triple oh, D's. Yeah. It's like smash paprika, paprika, cornstarch, boom, boom, boom. And they mm-hmm. build the whole recipe in, in essentially six seconds probably. Yeah. It's six minutes of him like, hey, where is the where's the bay leaf? Uh Oh, there, there it is over there. Let me walk over there and get it. And it's like, dude, 
I could put this together. This is brutal. That's what your uh, that's what your subscription cost is going to at the Star. The Kansas City Star. This is not an opening, but they just announced today that they are completely revamping. So get on board. What are they revamping? They're hiring twelve new investigative reporters. All right. They are uh, revamping their e edition. Um, they um, are hiring more staff for uh, for all that good stuff. Okay, as long as they keep the ads that are super targeted and uh, definitely a virus on their website, <laughs> that's good with me. The ads are brutal. Yeah. Uh, all right. Also opening, we've got Red Sash Brewery uh, joining the East Crossroads crew. I mean, this is the spot. I mean, if you are take if you got somewhere to take out of towners. Head to the East Crossroads, do some brewery hopping, because uh, there's so many, and now Red Sash joining the crew. Yeah, Red Sash, uh, owned by, or started by a veteran, so thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Uh, he served eight years in the uh, Army, Pete Mi- or Patrick Mitchell. Is Pete Mitchell, is, I, think that's, I think that's Tom Cruise's name in Top Gun. Well, you wouldn't know, because you've never haven't seen, seen it. Um, I've still got time. The second one hasn't come out yet. Okay, yeah. I always I said I need Mitchell. to see Top Gun before the second one comes out, and I've been waiting just so I you know, want to watch it close to the, uh, the the second one. So I've still got time. Yeah, it's Pete Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy's name is Patrick Mitchell, so not Pete Mitchell. That's a good trivia question. But he should lean into that maybe a little bit, get mm-hmm. some P. Mitchell um, apparel up there. Yeah. But he is an Army veteran. Um, he is starting this in the former... A border brewing so border brewing if you remember uh it's like on 18th and oak and they just moved down the street a little bit into a bigger space on 18th street like 18th and locust or cherry essentially um so they take border brewing uh spot um they they did a little bit of work to it to put it kind of in there uh the way they want it to look um but uh but yeah i think they're opening now are they open I think so. Yeah, Wednesday through Sunday. Um, I think the in the fall they're going to do army football watch parties. Are you serious? Yeah, that's awesome. It's going to be sweet. I love watching army football. <laughs> I love the triple option. I, I I do. It's so fun to watch. So they're going to host. There's a good spot to go. Okay. Um, and they're going to hopefully have like ten taps. Um, hopefully this fall. Right now, I think they're just starting out with a couple things on the lighter side. So like think loggers um, and and more light lighter beers to start and then working their way uh, this fall to hoping to have 10 different taps. So red sash 18th and Oak uh, in the, what are they calling it? I think they're calling it like Brewers alley. Oh really? I haven't uh-huh. heard that. 18th street basically. Okay. East it Crossroads. does need a nickname though. Yeah. Uh, better than East crossroads. I think I like East crossroads. Well, I know, but just to, uh, yeah, they are calling it Brewers alley, but again, to let people know really what's going on there. Um, all right. Talking more beer, Martin C- Martin City Brewing's uh, Coast to Coast Pub. Yeah. What's this? Tell me about this. So you know how the original Martin City Brewing Company location in Martin City Mm -hmm. has like kind of two different. Yeah. They have like a pizza. Pizza and tap room and then the pub. Mm -hmm. So the pub is being turned into a different concept called Coast to Coast, which is basically seafood. Um, So seafood options. They hired... Their new executive chef was the chef at Bristol in Leewood, um, and they're hiring the. Uh, they hired this guy, and his goal is to bring approachable seafood. Okay. Um, they are having oysters. Here's Kev. a tip: don't You're, approach me with oysters. They're having oysters. Don't approach me with it. You're, you're, I'm sending it back. <laughs> 
But but I don't it, care what coast is from either. Coast to coast, oysters are bad. Don't yeah, approach me with it. That's the idea. So seafood, seafood, and then the menu also. So it's a completely different menu in the coast. To, it's called Coast to Coast Pub. Completely different menu than great name. Any, I know. I agree. Um, than any of the other places. And yeah, it's going to have seafood. It's going to have stuff like lobster rolls, but also uh, lobster rolls and tuna tartare and oysters, um, but also like hot chicken club burgers. Uh, so that's the coast to coast. They've got like the burgers and the chicken sandwiches and all that good stuff. Uh, and then like uh, lobster mac, Rubens, some of the classic bar food. So the menu looks freaking awesome. Uh, and I'm, I'm here for this. I, I love this idea. Like a casual local seafood place with lobster rolls and freaking burgers in the same place and local brews. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Yeah. Um, all right. That is what's opening this week. Uh, next up, let's do a little, what we tried this week. No closings. No closings. Uh, this week I went fancy. Uh, got to try Canary in Midtown. Whoa. A little rooftop action. Um, so where is that again? Uh, 38th and Maine. It's on Maine. Oh yeah. And basically the first floor is a restaurant with a really nice bar. And then I didn't know they had a restaurant between floors one and 11, um, is, um, apartments. So they've, they've renovated, I think it was an old hotel and they've renovated it all to be apartments now. So you take the elevator up to the rooftop on the 11th floor. You've got a great view of Kansas city. You can see the downtown skyline. At nighttime, if the Royals are playing, you can see the Crown Vision. Even for real, yeah, you got a you got a nice little view, and you can you can see the Crown Vision looking east, um, and it's a very cool spot. To What'd hang you get out the upstairs. drink? I got what was called the Canary. So basically, they got a list of about ten beverages um, or ten handcrafted cocktails that um, are going to be things combinations that I had never seen before. I got the Canary. I was like, oh, I'll get the signature drink: vodka, pineapple. Coconut, turmeric, ginger, lemon, and egg white. Turmeric. Yeah. So was it orange? It was. Mm-hmm. It was orange. And Don't it was, get that stuff on your fingers. It was Never delicious. Never comes out. It was delicious. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so all the beverages, and then they have a uh, hmm. like a frozen drink, too. It's always, you know, in one of those frozen I like that. and ready. Be careful. It's called the painkiller. I've heard from sources. It'll mess you up. Stiff? It's stiff. It's like the silver bullet and, at, and, uh, at Trops mm-hmm. in Columbia. The real ones, no. But it's stiff. In Como, you'd always get a, like a tasty flavor and then the silver bullet, which was mm-hmm. uh, Everclear. Yeah, so great views. They, they've got shade up there, umbrellas. So even if it's hot, it's all right. Um, awesome views. My only com- complaint is uh, the food. They have just a very tiny food menu for upstairs, uh, which is like basically... Um, I think there's a, a, a charcuterie maybe uh, board of sorts. Uh, it's called the Picnic Basket. They have caviar, which I was like, what? Uh, caviar? Yeah. You're not that fancy, caviar. Marinated olives was also on the menu, and then uh, smoky jalapeno chicharrones. Mm-hmm. Which, those actually sounded pretty good, but nothing of real like sustenance for food up there mm-hmm. uh, because they haven't figured out a way to get the food from Canary, the restaurant to the rooftop, which maybe they don't want to, Mm. but I ended up having to call in an order for a sandwich, taking the elevator downstairs, hmm. picking it up like a to-go order, and then going back upstairs. Got it. Yeah. So so don't plan on eating there, Don't plan on eating there. Okay. Yeah. But killer cocktails, they got them. All right. Um, This week, um, yeah, I've been meaning to get there. It sounds Mm -hmm. good. It's a great spot. Great view. Where do you park? 
Uh, I parked right out front. Okay, so you found the street, spot? street parking. Did they? Did they? Do they have a parking lot? Do they have I like expectations? I don't know because okay. I got lucky and found street parking. That is lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, this week I tried uh, throwing out the first pitch of yeah. the Royals game. <laughs> there, um, we haven't talked about that enough. Yeah, the I actually went to the new Third Street Social, Ooh, South South Plaz. Um, I didn't. I didn't get the full experience, so I was like hesitant if I should talk about it because we didn't order any food. We just booze. Oh, okay. Um, but the good happy hour. Well, list. now you can go back and get food, and then, and then you can try talk it again. About food. Yeah. Um, the happy hour was was really good um, as far as deals. Uh, it's happy hour every day from three to six. So Ooh. I know a lot of places don't do happy hour every day, especially happy not hour. on weekends. Every day from three to six. Um, all the all the beers on tap are are like local beers, so just drink a bunch of those. But yeah, it's an awesome spot. Super friendly staff. Um, the one one of the guys there, he asked us if we knew where the bathroom was. He wanted to make sure we knew where the bathroom was. Uh-huh. Five times probably. I was like, Yeah, dude, you told us, told us where the bathrooms right, are. We got that. I'm aware of the bathroom. Do I look situation. like I have to poop. <laughs> the do I have a face on my do I have a look on my face? Did I waddle in here weird? Yeah, yeah. Like I was holding in the poop. It's like. He's, ch- sir, are you sure you know where the bathrooms are? Because you look like someone who like needs to know boy. where the bathrooms are at yep. all times. And to which I responded, yes, sir, because I am that person, I always scout out ahead of time where the bathrooms are. Mm-hmm. Always know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, great spot. Super friendly staff. Excited to go back and, and uh, dig into some of the food. But uh, fun place to happy hour. Good TVs. It's like a nice upscale um, place where you can definitely grab drinks or grab a nice dinner. Uh, I think it's going to be a great and fit. There. If a game's on, you kind of want to walk watching mm-hmm. the peripherals. Yeah, I wouldn't that. go there for like if you intend on watching the yes. game, but like if you go out to dinner on and a like, Saturday night oh, and there's nice college football the, yeah. on or something, mm-hmm. yeah, catch that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that is what we tried this week. Uh, this week for our interview, uh, we have got our leading the line series. What are we part? Three or four? Five or know. six, maybe. Uh, losing track. But uh, So we've partnered up with Lead Bank uh, to bring leaders of the Kansas City community to you guys. So thanks uh, to Lead Bank for helping uh, sponsor this episode uh, and connecting us with Charles King. Uh, he's the CEO of the Kansas City Teacher Res- Residency. Uh, awesome stories. What he's doing in Kansas City is very cool. Um, I think it's a program that if you know someone who doesn't you know, maybe it's a recent college grad, doesn't know what they want to do with their career mm-hmm. yet. Um, you know, tell them about this program. Yeah. Uh, tell them to listen to this interview. Uh, it's awesome. And Charles is doing really cool things. Yeah. I thought it was, it's a great idea and it makes so much sense um, because maybe, and you'll, you'll hear more about this in the interview, but like maybe you graduated college with like a political science major yeah. or a history degree or something. So you didn't do the like education route, but now maybe you want to go to school this is a residency like a med student would be a re- like does residency mm-hmm. where you you shadow with a teacher for a full year the same teacher the best teachers in Kansas City and then you get certified to be a teacher in the state of Missouri there's you can get your master's program through the Kansas City Teachers Residency so all around just trying to make the education system in Kansas City better and give options to people who graduate college and don't know what they want to do. And maybe they like teaching or maybe they like kids or doing something like that, but they feel like they can't go back and get an education degree. This is an option. 
All right, today we are joined by Charles King. He is the CEO of the Kansas City Teacher Residency, uh, and this is part of our Leading the Line series with Lead Bank. Uh, so, Charles, welcome. Um, Lead Bank was able to help us connect on this. So, tell us a little bit about your partnership with Lead Bank and how they help uh, support the Kansas City Teacher Residency. Awesome. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here with today with you all. Um, so, our partnership with Lead Bank has uh, We've been working together over the last couple of years. Uh, we're fortunate to have a member of the lead bank team on our board of directors, uh, Julie Pine, who's our general counsel. And then also uh, lead bank sponsored our Giving Tuesday campaign last year. They were our corporate sponsor. So we are uh, very thankful for um, their their team and what their organization has provided to us and glad, and glad that they um, – uh, suggested and recommended us to be here to amplify our voice mm -hmm. today. Yeah, awesome. So uh, it's August and it's starting to get that back to school season is coming here. So what's kind of happening uh, locally to help uh, get kids and families um, ready to come back to school and what role are you guys playing in that? Yeah, um, I think, you know, if we're, we're following the news and, and tracking things, I mean, there's a lot of discussions around like how do you bring uh, students, teachers, staff back into school safely, right? Like how do you make sure that in the midst of a pandemic that we can keep kids in schools and keep schools open and running successfully? So whether that's through vaccinations and masking and um, but, you know, as far as like the structural supports, but beyond that, right, I think as teachers, it's like how are we equipping teachers and ourselves with um, supporting students and families through the social emotional roller coaster that comes with re-entering schools and the anxieties and the excitements and everything that that has been missing over the last couple of years. And so at the Kansas City Teacher Residency, we are doing a lot of, we're having a lot of conversations with our residents and our graduates around, you know, how do you support your kids? You know, there's the content and uh, that in the concepts that must be learned on a day to, on a day to day basis, but we know that those supports that students need is especially um, in the midst of a pandemic is even it's more essential. So, uh, Kansas City Teacher Residency, it's kind of right there in the name, and on your website it describes it like just like a medical student has residency, like a. Uh, it's like a residency yeah. for teachers. Yeah. Um, I don't know how residency works in medical school, so <laughs> that didn't really help me when I was trying to understand. But yeah. because I'm always confused, like, does a resident work for the hospital or are they still in school and are they paid like a – so how how does your program work um, and, like, are there levels and are you – a replacement for a four-year college degree or addition to that help me understand this yeah absolutely so um it, it we so we you have to be a college graduate to come into our program okay and um and what we do is we we find great mentor teachers in our partner school districts and so we the beauty about the kansas City teacher residency is that we're partnered with so many different districts and charter schools in the Kansas City area that we have access to amazing mentor teachers. And as a former principal, I always talk about, I always like it like this, you know, you take the teacher that you want to replicate. And what the residency model does is you put a, a pre-service teacher in that classroom with a teacher that you want to replicate. Mm -hmm. And then you allow that person to soak in not only the the right moves that the, the mentor teacher has, but they also allow them to have opportunities to practice the, and hone their craft 
in that classroom for a full year. And so during that time, what you're able to do is um, similar to like the medical resident, right? You're not practicing medicine on your own. You're there being supervised by an attending physician. And so you're not, we're not going to have teacher, pre-service teachers teaching on their own. We're going to make sure that they're um, there practicing with a, an effective mentor teacher so that by the time that residency year is done, they're ready to go into their own classrooms and have their own classrooms and be confident and not, not only confident, but competent mm-hmm. in driving students forward. Similar to your doctor, right? Like, you know, as soon as the medical, the medical school, medical school is done, doctors are not going in and say like, I'm ready to treat you. Mm-hmm. They actually have to go through and have additional practice on the ground with real patients so that when they're when they do have their own patients they're ready and they're they're not second guessing because you're talking about you know saving lives in medicine but i almost equate i equate that to our kids right you know you know we're we're saving lives of our kids and we're there ensuring that kids have great educations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what what's the incentive for a college grad to come and um be a part of your program for a year Instead of just going and being a teacher, because if you're a college grad uh, with a four year degree in education, like you could just go and be a teacher. Right. So what's the incentive for that person to come and be with you guys for a year before going out on their own? And why isn't it like is it a does your program exist in other cities across the country? Is this like a common thing? Um, Because it seems like a really, really good idea that should almost be a requirement like. Med like residency for doctors is like that's yeah. a requirement. That's not an option. Yeah. Um. So that's like why isn't it required? Yeah. Great question. So our our pathway is open to traditionally people who did not earn an undergraduate degree in education. Okay. So these are people who have a passion and want to go into teaching, and so uh, and did not you know go into that direction while they're an undergrad. Okay. Um. And so why they would choose us is you know as like. I think it's like people have this idea of like not wanting to be thrown in right away, right? They want to have that opportunity for that what we call a long runway to get really, really good before having their own classroom. And so for our program, we provide that. There are other there are other programs that are out there where if you want that accelerated approach to get into the classroom and have your own classroom, that those are available. Um, but people appreciate not only just the the long runway. But the coaching and support that we offer even beyond the residency year, because the people who come in our program make a four-year commitment. To that. So there's a residency year, the training year, but they commit to teach for three years in one of our partner t- school classrooms. Mm-hmm. And so that 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 long-term commitment, you know, as a, a as an organization, we're we're committed. We're making that same commitment with you to walk that journey and ensure that you are being highly effective for your kids. Mm-hmm. And so as a um, to, as a recent college graduate, a person who, you know, you found out in your junior or senior year in college that you wanted to go into teaching, but going into the school of ed was just not feasible at that moment because it would cause you to spend another two to three, four years um, in undergrad and uh, in, in which will cost X thousands mm-hmm. of dollars. Um, you're not going to do that. You would instead come to our program and then for a career changer who, you know, you might have a family, you might have 
you know, looked at different programs. What we offer in our program is, is not only are you going to come into the training and have that long runway, but we, we do provide a stipend for that residency year. And that's, the, that's something that you don't find in graduate programs mm-hmm. that you're entering teaching, right? You're going to, you're going to come out of work and not have any income unless you get a part-time job outside of school because you're going to be going to school full time. And so for our program, you know, we, we provide that stipend so that you can be, um, in classrooms four days a week with mm-hmm. a mentor teacher getting training and not having to worry about, you know, providing, you know, mm-hmm. a high level income um, mm-hmm. during that time. So um, also, once you come out of that mentorship, then are, do you have a, a certificate to teach in Missouri? Um, and then is, um, I, I feel like I was looking at your program, there's also an opportunity to get your master's degree as well through this. Yep. Yes. So after the end of the first year and, and successful completion of our coursework and also passing this, uh, the state exam for teachers, yes, you will, you will walk away with a, a credential to teach in the state of Missouri. And then through our partnership with the University of Missouri, Kansas City, uh, we, through that partnership, you are able to earn your, uh, your master's of arts in, in educational, um, curriculum and instruction. Mm-hmm. And so that is a two-year program. And so with our partnership, the first year of the residency year, not only are you getting credit towards your license, but you're also getting credit towards your master's at UMKC. At UMKC. Oh. And so uh, by the end of your first year of teacher record, your second year of our program, you not only have your license to teach, but you also have your master's, uh, which is which is amazing. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity and we we do it at we we try to make it as affordable as possible uh, through that partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are an AmeriCorps program, and so through that AmeriCorps program, there are a lot of benefits um, that are connected. Um, not only you have a, ne- a wide network around the country, but you also get an education award uh, for that year, uh, that residency year that you can apply towards your education. Uh, we also have access to different federal grants and, um, that are out there, such as a teach grant. I know it's very controversial. They've had, they've had their ups and downs, but it, but they've, um, they fixed those issues at, at the, at the federal level. And so that teach grant offers, it provides individuals, um, I think over $8,000 over the course of two years that can be applied towards education. So mm-hmm. we, we, we educate our residents on how do you make education affordable so that you are walking away with, coming out of pocket at, you know, somewhere between two and $5,000 over the course of that two year period. And, mm. and the schools that you guys are helping out and partnering with, are they intentionally like schools that have a trouble, like keeping teachers for a long time or schools that uh, maybe are in, in districts that are, are need more help and, and um, aren't like up to par with some of the other schools in the city. Yeah. So we, we do focus on partnering with, uh, where with schools that need great teachers the most, right? Mm-hmm. And and so we know that you know research has shown that the attrition rate of teachers, uh, especially in some of our hardest schools that are uh, traditionally Title One mm-hmm. um, and more just like uh, economically diverse, racially diverse, you have higher rates of attrition than you do in your suburban community to school districts. And so we are intentionally working with um, with those schools. Is so that we can uh, actually reshape the narrative of what mm-hmm. it really means uh, to work with within community and to and really drive success within schools. We want to be a part of 
the great work that's already happening in schools. And so we, we do, we do specifically target those title one schools. And, and do, I mean, like I said, this sounds like a great idea and it sounds like something that like, it's, it's really hard not to, to be supportive of, does it exist in other cities and are other cities like, did you adopt this model from, from other models that are already happening? Yeah, so this is a great question. So there are uh, teacher residency programs in several communities across the country. Um, some of your um, more... Uh, but ours your, is the best, right? Ours is, of course, okay. the best, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there are some older models, right, from um, you have Boston teacher residency. You have um, residency programs in Chicago and uh, California. Uh, and, and so those, those programs have been around in existence since the the mid 2000s. Okay. Uh, and so we, you know, Kansas City teacher residency did take, we took some of the best practices. So, you know, there are, mm-hmm. uh, you will hear this like a buzzword in, in higher, in higher ed around now. That's like the residency model and, uh, and having what some will coin as like a year long clinical experience. There's a lot more that goes into it than just a year long clinical experience. And so for uh, a true residency program, right, we, we not only are, selective of who we are bringing in so every candidate that comes applies to our program goes through a selection process mm-hmm. um, to make sure that we are bringing in individuals who are ready to enter not only a, a rigorous program that's also accelerated but also a program that where they're willing to make a deep commitment to schools in our community the second thing we're also look, vetting are the mentor teachers right because not every teacher who's been working in our schools for years and years and years is ready to be a mentor teacher and that's okay yeah i feel like we can Uh, all think of examples where it's like yeah yeah that person's that teacher's been here forever but why yeah (laughs) like they're not the best influence uh, as far as on the students or other teachers exactly right and so that and that's you know and we and we vet for that right Mm -hmm. and um and that's also the key ingredient because because of what we're expecting our mentor teachers is to teach the next generation right they have to be able to impart knowledge so that it can be so that other teachers can be successful mm-hmm. and then we provide the, the coaching supports within this in the schools in, in the community right so we're very intentional around how we're how we're coaching and a coaching towards effectiveness and those are the key ingredients that i that um, are part of the traditional residency model that we're affiliated with and so we there's a national network of other programs like ours that are across the country that are doing similar work. Um, of course, Kansas City Teacher Residency is the best yes. at doing it. And, um, and we have been truly, truly fortunate for our growth over the, of the course of our first six years. Um, and, and so we're, I mean, we're just looking forward to just seeing how um, the work that we're doing continues to expand, but also the work of, the, of just the residency model continues to transform teacher preparation. Mm-hmm. So we have the best of these programs. So uh, what is what's kind of your goal for how this program can impact the Kansas City community? Like, you know, as this program is is becoming so successful, what what are you looking for in the community to say, OK, this is how I know we're really making a difference here? Yeah, your yeah. measurables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those great questions. So, you know, one thing we're looking for. I think is is looking at you know teachers staying right like we know that 
the the what we need to see within our communities that we want teachers to stay for the long haul, not committing just for one or two years, but three, four, five years and beyond within our educational systems. That's when we start seeing the change. So like, when I think of like what is success is like are are the people that are training in our programs staying in the classroom and ready to make a difference. The other thing we're looking at is, and I think this is a a benefit of the residency model, is the diversity of of our of our residents and our graduates in our program. Because we know we live in a very diverse uh, community, we work within school dis- in our school districts where over 70% of our students are students of color. We wanna make sure that representation of the teacher workforce mirrors that. And we know that when we look at who's coming out of schools of education in mm-hmm. Missouri and Kansas, the, the numbers are stark. You know, It's less mm-hmm. than 20% of individuals are identifying as people of color. And so if that's the case, then how do we make sure that our students are seeing themselves in the classrooms? And so we are we are very intentional around our recruitment efforts um, to bring in um, more teachers of color into the profession. And um, one, um, one example of this is through an initiative that we launched last year called the Black Educator Initiative. That's a part of that's a part of the national network of teacher residencies, uh, and through this initiative, we're able to offer like scholarship funding for to come into our program to help with the master's degree. Mm-hmm. We're also able able to offer emergency uh, emergency aid to help support um, those um, those Black educators during the residency Ooh. year because you know what car breaks down and you mm-hmm. can't get to your clinical experience like and you don't have that um, that reserve cash like how do we help support that uh, mental health supports all, sure. all wraparound supports to make sure that you know in that teachers of color are, are not only successful through our program but stay mm-hmm. who was uh, who's your favorite teacher Ooh, I always say um, mr. Carpentieri okay um, so he's my high school social studies teacher ninth grade. Um, he was the coolest teacher. I always tell, tell the story. He uh, would always uh, come to school. He would wear uh, shorts and uh, Sperry's and a button-down shirt and read the New York Times. He was uh, <laughs> by far not the most effective teacher. Okay. But he, but he, I felt as though like what he did well was that he related to his students, right? He, mm-hmm. he, he related to his students, and then he also brought um, – he, he brought the outer world into the classroom. So, like, you know, I grew up in Connecticut and in, uh, in, in 30 minutes outside New York City. Okay. So we were able to take a trip into New York City to go to the um, United Nations. And that was in – as a ninth grader, going into – walking into the United Nations, having that connect to stuff that we're learning in class. Yeah was um, by far one of my most memorable experiences. Mm-hmm. So did that – did you become a teacher then after college and did you teach in the traditional classroom setting or were you, you said you were a principal? Did you always do like more of the admin stuff? Yeah, great question. So um, when I, I went to school, majored in political science. I, I, yeah, I was going to go to law school. Science and history <laughs> a couple of scientists. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so real I, scientists, there white you, lab yeah. coat and everything. Mm-hmm. That, I used that for my with my kids when That's I was a good line. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I when I taught science, my kids were like, "What makes you qualified to teach science? Political science? There's yeah. science mm-hmm. in it's it. Science, science in the major. There you right go. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I I, I ended you up wanted to go to law school. Wanted to go to law school. Ended up not going to law school. So it's like, what do you do? Sounds familiar. What do you do for <laughs> with a history and science major? It's like either go to law school 
or become a teacher. Like, yeah, that's really it. That's it. And that and I chose teaching. And yeah. um, I applied for I applied to Teach for America. Um, I never heard of the program. And in my s- senior year, I was walking down, um, like uh, walking on campus, and one of the recruiters like stopped me and told me and and offered to basically like invited me to a, um, an info session where there was free meal. So I was like, I'm not going to turn down a free mm-hmm. meal. Uh, so I, I attended, I heard about this, heard about the program. I was like, okay, doesn't hurt to apply. I mean, mm-hmm. I like senior, like senior in college need to figure out life. So, uh, I was like, either I'm going to go to this grad school, I'm going to apply to this program or I'm going to find a job somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so apply to TFA and, um, in that fall got in right before Christmas break. And I said, you know what? Let me do this because this is something that's guaranteed. Yeah, it's a two-year commitment. You can just like push off those bigger decisions yes. down the road. A little yep. bit. And yeah, that, and that's what I did. And so um, that took me to Houston, Texas, uh, and that was number six on my list. Did not want to go to Houston. I went to school in Atlanta. Hoped to stay there. Uh, went to Houston and uh, fell in love with teaching. I was a sixth, seventh, eighth grade uh, social studies teacher in a middle school in, in Southwest Houston. And, um, you know, I, I, my first year of teaching, I, I thought I was, I was trying to be one of those like cool teachers. So yeah, I turned the t- yeah. chair around backwards, wear yeah. Sperry's. I, I, I did. <laughs> I, I tried. And, mm-hmm. and, and so for one of my classes, I played, um, a track from Nas, uh, because we were going to uh, like unpack Nas's lyrics and mm-hmm. how does this connect to the history of today? Uh, that was my first uh, encounter in my assistant principal saying, you know what? <laughs> because it was not the edited version. It was okay. the unedited version. Uh, and so I, I definitely caught flack for that. Learned a lot that that, that time. Did your kids um, like it though? Oh, they loved it. Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. King, you're the coolest. Um, and, and so I, I, you know, enjoyed that experience. And what I loved was like each and every day, and especially in middle school, was, was just completely new and different. Right. And uh, at that time, this was like 2002. So right after uh, Enron had just folded. Mm-hmm. And so like, the, you know, everyone was like, so, like hated law school, mm-hmm. hated corporate America. And I was like, you know what? If you, it's like, y'all talk about how horrible this is. I think I'm going to be good with this. So um, I, I was in, I left the school I was teaching after my second year and joined a charter school network. And part of like the cell was like this autonomy and independence, like a mm-hmm. shape curriculum. Yeah. And people were just like so cool. Mm-hmm. And so I, I joined the charter school network and was there for 11 years. Um, and so I taught, uh, so I started teaching science because it was the like only job they had opening as an, as an opening. And, uh, and then later taught eighth grade history and what uh, was a leader on the, the regional team and then missed mm-hmm. kids. So I went back in the building. It was a school leader for five years and loved it. Loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I got all my gray hair yeah. from. And then principal. KC, what, how'd you get here? Um, so, um, so my wife and I were expecting our fourth child and okay. um, I was in my, you know, sitting as a principal and I was thinking about, you know, contemplating life as a father of four and a principal of, of 400 kids, and, uh, and especially for this charter, like I was working seven days a week. Um, you know, it was it was mind numbing the number of hours I was working, and, and definitely getting burnt out. And mm-hmm. so, 
Um, my wife was, you know, she was, she was in education as well. She talked about leaving uh, education because she, you know, and she wanted to go back to medical. She wanted to go to medical school. She's in medical school now. Leave education. Yeah, go, go back, back to school. Get more school. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, with that in mind, a fourth child, I was like, okay, this is not going to work. So, <laughs> um, we started looking for different opportunities to stay in Houston, and then um, got a, got an email from a. Uh, from the Kaufman Foundation, uh-huh. talking about uh, that was they were talking about uh, they were looking for a program director to uh, to launch this new teacher residency program in Kansas City, and and so my my mom was is born and raised in Kansas City, um, moved back in late two thousands, and so she and my dad are here, uh, and so this was like all right four kids, my wife want to go back to school. There's opportunity in Kansas City. I'm like, let's explore it. Like, this could be like serendipitous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so get out here and and just love the energy, right? The, you know, Kansas City reminded the educational scene in Kansas City reminded me of where Houston was when I first arrived in 2002, and there was just a lot of synergy between the charter schools and there was growth in the in the in Kansas City public schools, and it, there was uh, focused around just you know with talent organizations and how they were growing and supporting teachers in schools. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, that sparked really my joy and my interest uh, to, you know, to start this new journey, especially, with, you know, with my family. And, you know, as a principal, I had worked with another organization as a, as um, in their, in their, with their residency model. So I had okay. a chance to see it up close and personal. From that side. From of that the, side. Yeah. yeah. And so as a, as a principal, like I saw how the um, this the the residency program expanded the 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 um, the archetype of teachers that were coming into my building, and I saw the impact it made with teacher retention, mm-hmm. and I saw the possibilities that could happen when you have a person in a building training and learning the the school culture, the school environment um, for a full year. Before having their own classroom, I mean, I got to tell you, like my first year of teaching, it took me like six months to learn just like my way around the building, sure. like who was who, like there's, you know, who to go to in the district, who to go to my building for what, um, you know, who are my t- my students' parents, like those are all things that, as a resident that you get to learn um, from day one, and that when you are going back into that school as te- as a teacher of record, like you've already formed those relationships, so you're not new mm-hmm. you're you're just moving into a different role um and so uh you know that was 25 uh may 2015 mm-hmm. moved here in july 2015 and been here ever since wow yeah uh, so that's kind of your story can you think of someone who's maybe gone through this program recently the residency program kind of a success story that you can share with us maybe someone um, you know, who, who's really excelled through this program the and poster child of KCTR. <laughs> here here is. he is. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like there's, there are several, there are several examples of just like the, mm-hmm. the of our, our poster children of yeah. the program. Um, but I would say like, you know, the, the, the ones that resonate the most with me, right. Are, is I think of, uh, people who are graduates of, the school districts that we're partnered with, so like oh, the Kansas yeah. City Public Schools, yeah, right? Yeah. So you have graduates of the Kansas City Public School District, and uh, one um, 
one of our alum, he's, he's now an alum and now a mentor teacher of ours, right? He was, um, he went off to, he went to go visit a college, wasn't even mm-hmm. initially like thinking about going to college. And someone at the, at the school like, got him to apply uh-huh. and sparked his interest that way. He got in and completed that and completed his degree and then worked in the district as a paraprofessional for okay. a number of years and then applied for a program. And, um, and then through our program, just like demonstrated so much, like the grit and energy and the desire and wanting to make a difference because he's like, he, and now teaching in a, in a school where he went to school for middle school and then mm-hmm. in the theater pattern for high school. And like his, like his mentality is around like, how do I make sure that I'm finding young men who were like me when I was growing up and making a difference in their lives? Right? Like, how do I make sure like I'm finding that person? Um, the, the other, the other, um, archetype of, of people that I think about are, you know, people who, you know, have, you know, have applied to programs over and over again and, um, either were turned away because of their, their grade point average or turned away or weren't able to successfully complete the program because they, they didn't, weren't able to pass the content test to become a teacher and then apply to KCTR and, and then are able to not only pass the certification test, but then, um, receive the support to sustain them through the program. Like those are, and, and then commit to teach for three, three sure. years, right? Like those are people who, um, I say like people are counting them out. Um, and, and, really without KCTR either would have been remained paraprofessionals in the school district or would have left and have done something else and not working with our kids right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people who want to be allies with what you guys are doing and want to support uh, here in Kansas City, how can they get involved? What can they do to help out kind of what you're doing and your mission? Yeah. So um, f- first, I'm going to mention, because our, our application just opened uh, okay. today. Oh, yeah. So Lauren so, wanted us to make yeah, sure yeah. we <laughs> talked about how to apply and that the application yeah. was opening today. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So um, please, like, if you're interested or you have people, if you know people that would, would make awesome teachers um, for uh, students in Kansas City, have them apply. Um, go to the, our website, www.kcteach.org. Click on the button apply and submit an application today. Uh, these are, this is our priority round. So do that. Um, we're also open. Um, I would say reach out to us. Um, you know, I'm happy to provide my email, you know, charles at kcteach.org. Um, email me. Would love to connect and, def- uh, and have find ways for individuals to engage with our, our organization. If, uh, if you don't want to be a, a resident, we we are always looking for people um, to to donate because of this this sustain this work that we're doing and supporting not only the residents, um, especially through like our emergency aid, but we're also looking at how we're supporting our graduates and alums in the classroom for the long haul. Mm-hmm. What about um, people can help? Can they hire like their own event and maybe hire a DJ, uh, maybe DJ Chuckles or something <laughs> like that? Is that uh, is that a, a way to support? You know, yeah. DJ Chuckles. Yeah, who is D- DJ Chuckles? D- so DJ DJ Chuckles. Uh, I'm gonna get Lauren for this one. D- DJ Chuckles is uh, my that was my DJ name from high school. Okay. So I used to DJ uh, middle school dances, yes. bar and bat mitzvahs. 
uh, 50th birthday parties, uh, <laughs> proms. I did it all yeah. uh, growing up in high school. And so, you know, if you if you want to hire DJ Chuckles, I'm a, I'm available. Still spin? I still spin. You know, matter of fact, I I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know, I need a hobby. I was like, I should get back into DJing, buying love some it. equipment, and then getting back out there. I love it. Yeah. All right, Charles. Thanks so much uh, for joining us today, and thanks for all that you're doing um, in the Kansas City community. Thank you. All right. So thanks to Charles for joining us again. Really cool program. Glad that Lead Bank. Um, is able to, to partner with us to help bring leaders like this in the Kansas City community to you guys. Because, again, I would have had no idea that this was going on mm -hmm. in Kansas City. But uh, we need teachers. We need good teachers and teachers who want to commit and stick around. And that's what this program is aiming to do. Maybe we would have known because we have a good friend who yeah, we works would've. there who gave us some the, who gave us the, the, the DJ, DJ chuckles. chuckles the DJ Chuckles tidbit. So mm -hmm. thanks, Lauren, for that. But uh, but yeah, it is it's it's a really remarkable program, and mm -hmm. and um, yeah, just like it seems like a no brainer mm -hmm. to to support something like this. And so yeah, awesome, All right. awesome things. Yeah, so thanks, Charles, for joining us. Thanks, Lead Bank, for helping connect us. Um, all right, let's move into a little. Let's go, Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Hey, look, there's KC. Uh, we have got a certified nutcase from Overland Park making the rounds on the internet. Uh, yeah. You know when people get in front of local governments and start spouting off conspiracy theories, mm. it's good. It's good entertainment value. Um, this is another level. This so, was. So, uh, hey, look, there's KC. A lot of times we cover times when Kansas City goes viral. And yeah. it's like... Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Like, like, I don't know. Someone from Kansas City went viral for doing something cool. Mm -hmm. Kansas City has gone viral, particularly over the park, for this uh, crazy woman who ranted in front of, I don't know, a school board or the city of Overland Park or something about masks and, and uh, the vaccines and kids going back to school with masks. Um, some highlights. You've probably all seen this clip because it has, it has gone very viral. Yeah, highlight number one, I think her she's wearing a sign mm -hmm. over her shirt. Mm -hmm. I think it says trafficking is the real pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so that's a big, huge conspiracy theory with the QAnoners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite, um, well, she starts out, I'm here for the children. So mm -hmm. thank God we have someone yes. looking out for the kids. Um, she then goes in and says, there is zero evidence that COVID exists. So zero. not even like, uh, not even that like COVID was created by the government mm -hmm. uh, in order to keep us indoors so that all the birds that Reagan turned into security cameras mm -hmm. can be recharged well, and replaced. Well, that's on the power lines to yeah, recharge. To recharge. Mm -hmm. That's a that's that's a level of conspiracy I can get on. <laughs> For her, COVID doesn't even exist. Nope. And there's zero evidence that it does. Mm -hmm. um, she called it a plandemic, which again, I guess that means it was planned by the government, but... It also if doesn't it, exist. But it doesn't exist. A mm -hmm. little, but a good, a good pun there. A good pun. Very solid pun. Um, uh, the fake president is experimenting on our children. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Trump won. That's that was her final. I think her sign off. Her sign off was Trump won. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we only answer to God, and you can't stop what's coming. The you can't stop what's come what's coming was a daunting threat. Yeah, I don't know what she was referencing, but that was kind of scary. Well, she said, if you vote yes, you will be tried for crimes against humanity. Yes. So maybe that's what they've got coming. Mm -hmm. 
that's uh but the government's gonna have to charge them with that so they're gonna yeah. trust the government at some point yeah who's gonna charge them with crimes against humanity i don't know yeah god but uh she also said there is no virus uh the media is the virus so kev that's congrats. a good turn of the phrase you're a virus we're the virus we're media we are big time media medias. is the virus so congrats kev i know you've always wanted to be a virus yeah i uh, mean when this woman shows up with her um sign mm-hmm. homemade sign on like you know strapped over her shirt it's just like, all right, let's put our seatbelts on, buckle up, because this is going to be a wild ride. And, and it did not disappoint. It did not disappoint at mm-hmm. all. Not at all. Yeah, this is, this is top-level crazy. I mean, I feel like vi- videos like this go viral every once in a while, but I don't know if they hit like all of those points. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. top-notch. Conspiracy theory, it's fake. Uh, Only God. Crimes against humanity, uh, child trafficking brought mm-hmm. in, fake presidents, Trump won. Um, Covered it I all. I mean, if you had your, uh, your bingo, bingo sheet card. out. Black um, at home. Yeah. You, I always wonder, like, what these people do for their job. I don't know, but she's a mother, and that's scary. And, like, what do they do in their downtime? And, like, do they what do they have friends? Like, how do they function in society? <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Like, how do they go to the grocery store without, like, mm. losing their mind? Yeah. How do they, like, watch a TV show? Can they, can they participate in stuff like that? I don't know. Can they? Yeah. Can they turn on the local news? Can they without- turn on... Anything. Without losing their mind. <laughs> can they turn on You know anything? what I mean? Yeah. Like, can they watch um, Belinda Post report on the traffic on the local news? Probably Or, not. like, will that blow up their mind? Yeah, because the mm-hmm. weather is probably... Like, she can't even watch the weather because it's, it's like the weather was created by the government. And well, that is another conspiracy theory going on right okay, now. Okay, good. Okay. You haven't heard about that one? No, no, no. Oh, it's uh, climate control. Oh, like... Uh, like that Gerard Butler movie, Geostorm? Yeah. What? Was the government doing that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, I just the, saw something. That, and someone hacked them. Someone hacked the satellites that were controlling the weather. Damn, that's good. Yeah. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, hey, look. There's KC. KC going viral. Yeah, buckle up. If you haven't seen it yet, put your seatbelt on. Uh, all right. Also, okay. We are going to start doing some Ted Lasso reviews. We want to... To give people a we, chance. We talked about this. No, no, no. No, we didn't talk about it last week. <laughs> no, no. We you're did. Saying, you're saying we wanted to give people a chance to catch up. Yes. That's not true. We just forgot that we were going people to People don't do this. have to know that, Danny. <laughs> Keep that fourth wall up there, please. Um, we forgot. But uh, we're going to start reviewing some Ted Lasso, so get caught up on the show. We want we want to discuss it with you. So talk how many? About I think there's came. five. There'll be next week. We'll yeah. be through five episodes. Yep. So it's like halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna review the first half, and then we'll do it weekly. By after that, we promise yes. we'll remember. And uh, and we'll talk. We'll see if we can find some little Kansas City Easter eggs. So if you've oh, seen point. some, let yeah. us know. Let us Tag know. us. If you've seen some Kansas City Easter eggs in there, so we can discuss. But. Get ready for that. Get caught he's, up on Ted Lasso. He's our Kansas City of the week. Because like, yes. he's an adopted Kansas City. Well, Ted Lasso is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically a Kansas City. Yeah. Ted Lasso is a Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Uh, time to move into our personal pine tar this week. Uh, no, my personal pine tar wasn't uh, taking Cardinals fans to the K, mm. uh, my fiance and her parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't it. No, it wasn't that Chris Bubich has already given up two runs before I even got in my seat. Mm. Uh, seven runs by the end of the second inning. Mm. And that the stadium was full of 60% Cardinals fans. Mm. No, that's not it. Here's what really chapped my ass. I couldn't bring in my sunflower seeds. <sighs> couldn't bring them in. I 
purposefully was like, oh, I love sunflower seeds at baseball games. I'm going to bring them into the stadium. Mm-hmm. You can always bring in a closed water bottle. You can bring in a peanuts. bag of peanuts, a little Twizzlers maybe, um, whatever. You can bring that I in. I brought Joe's KC in before. You have. A whole Z-Man and Fry. That's awesome. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but couldn't bring the sunflower seeds in. Those are banned uh, because of COVID. Because it's spitting? Yeah. According to our sources in Overland Park, COVID's not real, so... I Maybe you need upset. to have a conversation. I was pretty upset. That's but dumb. I ate a whole bag of peanuts on Tuesday night at the K. Uh huh. What do you think I do with the shells? Drop them, put on the them floor. in my mouth and spit them out. Well, why? I like the saltiness. I put like one out of every ten shell in my mouth. Almost every shell. I love the saltiness. I crave it. But you can't bring sunflower seeds in. You can't spit them. Maybe just say, "Hey, you have to spit them in a cup or something like that," and then I'd I'd be game for that. But yeah. It's a real bummer. And I always I do throw spin my them in sun- a cup anyways. I had to throw my sunflower seeds away yeah. into the trash can. That real bummer. sucks. It did suck. Yeah, I think... Um, and just the preparation I had to do to remember to bring those seeds, that's a big deal for me mm-hmm. to remember that, uh, and then to have to throw them away. Damn it. Yeah, because then it feels like you should David's be rewarded for the, for the prep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a bummer. I think um, I pretty much always spit sunflower seeds into a cup. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I didn't. I would at a Royals game. Yeah, because Orioles, you have to look down every time. If you have a cup, you never have to take your eyes off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, that's good. That's frustrating as as all. Frustrating as hell. Um, My uh, personal pine tar is pretty simple here, folks. Um, I forgot my water bottle (laughs) to bring to work. And now we don't have, like, working water fountains. And we don't have, like, cups in the office. We used to have, you know, like... a dishwasher full of full of cups uh, and all yeah. that shit. Um, no, we have styrofoam cups, but they're the little coffee cups. Mm-hmm. I drink a lot of water. Oh, I do. I've said this many times. The only healthy thing I do in my life is I drink a lot of water. Um, and so I forgot my water bottle. I felt like I was Moses in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I was dying, and I didn't realize how connected and reliant I am on my water bottle yep. now. So because I've got like the hydro flask, thirty two ounces, always cold. I'm addicted to it, and mm-hmm. if I forget it, even for, even for half a day, um, I was in trouble. So, um, yeah, I forgot my water bottle. Also, mm-hmm. um, folks, if you want to, if you want to lose your mind, uh-huh. go to Target right now. Yeah, they have three quarters of the parking lot shut down because they're repaving it. It is a Ward Parkway or Ward Parkway. Target. Yeah, they're getting a little facelift too, aren't they? They're, they're face lifting the parking lot and, and I went building, today I think. and um, three fourths of the parking lot. It, that parking lot is already. Yeah. With Chick-fil-A. A zoo mm-hmm. madness. Insane with TJ's too. Um, it was insane with three quarters of the parking spaces empty. People are just like camping out, like putting their blingers on. They'll see people like walking out of the store. It's stocked. Leaving oh, the you're store. getting stocked yeah. for sure. So uh, yeah. Target parking lot. Target on board Parkway. Avoid it all costs. Avoid. Avoid. Um, all right. Time for a little mixed plate uh, this week. Uh, I love this one. We're going to talk about uh, the mixed plate of Kansas City sports nicknames. Yeah. So Stole this from another podcast, but I don't care because this is going to be awesome. I'm thinking of Kansas City athletes with sweet nicknames. Exactly. Okay. Good. We're on uh, the and same it's not, page. It's not like best athlete with a nickname. It's best because nickname. like because like George Brett really doesn't have a nickname mm-hmm. and Mahomes doesn't have a have a nickname. Showtime, yeah, it's not a good nickname. No, so he's not. Does so Joe Tessitore trying to make yeah. that? Yeah, okay. I don't think so. So yeah, best nicknames, uh, KC Sports 
figures. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you tease this at the beginning because it's a good mix plate. Ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can remember to put a little <laughs> teaser in there. Again, remembering things is big for me. That's it's, why it's the big. sunflower seeds. God, it really just pissed me off. Huge. All right. Uh, we were talking about what episode we were in. 120, I think you said. Uh, I know, but then I didn't trust myself. So this is 120. So that means I get to go first. Wow. Damn. That's tough. There, Damn. This is hard. Uh, so my meet number one, uh, nicknames uh, in Kansas City. Uh, I'm going to go with Lenny the Cool. That's Lynn a very Dawson. good nickname. Uh, I mean, I think this has, again, it doesn't have to be the best athletes, but I think something about it being your Hall of Fame quarterback, there's no other Lenny the Cools. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. One of a kind, Lenny the Cool, and he just got that nickname for smoking cigarettes at halftime and just being like, the coolest dude mm-hmm. in Kansas City at the time. So, uh, Lenny the Cool, one of a kind. What a great nickname. It is a great nickname. Cool it is, under pressure. Yeah. Gorgeous. Is it, Love is, a, is a great nickname. It is not the best nickname. Oh. Because the best nickname is Country Breakfast. Oh, Billy that's Butler. Good. Country Breakfast was just like... I think it was like very organic, right? It just like kind of started on in the early days of hashtag rurals Twitter. And, and then it just like took off and it was the perfect nickname for Billy Butler. He mm-hmm. just like looked like country breakfast and it doesn't, the nickname doesn't have anything to do with like what he does or, or rhymes with his name or involves his name at all. It's just country breakfast that's Billy Butler. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect fitting name for for who he was, and uh, yeah, I, I loved it. Country Breakfast. It's good. Uh, it's a good one. Um, all right, let's see. I'm gonna go meet number two here. Um, let's. Uh, where do I want to go? Let's go with. Um, I I love this one, uh, but I'm, I'm gonna see if I can save that. Mm, doubt oh, it. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Moose. Yeah, I'm very go good. Moose. Uh, Mike Moustakis, uh, the Moose nickname, the the how easy it was to cheer it. They're not saying boo, they're, they're saying, saying moose. moose. Uh, the antlers that would come to the, the game. The guy who brought the antlers. He brought the antlers. The in. guy built a personality out of that mm-hmm. nickname because he yep. put the antlers on this jeep too. The moose crossing signs that went around town, uh, everything that came with the nickname, the shirts. Um, phenomenal, a great nickname, easy to cheer. Uh, also a great guy, Mike Moustakis. Yeah. So Moose. Very good number nickname. two. Very good nickname. Um, meet number two for me, I'm going another absolute classic nickname, um, that I just think is, is perfect. Uh, Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. Yeah. Just like the, the, the Nigerian nightmare, just the way he played, um, it just rolls off the tongue. It, it puts that that fear in your mind and it's just like mm-hmm. oh my gosh if you're a big running back who runs over with a, people with a vertical crossbar with the crossbar and, and a neck roll yeah like that's it, just the, the 90s pads this yeah, high huge pads mm-hmm. just videos of him running over people um yeah i gotta go i gotta go the nigerian nightmare meet number two that's a good one yeah uh very very good nickname i got like um, 20 by the way so honorable mention list is gonna be long big um all right i am gonna go with uh uh let's see i'm gonna go with uh james cool papa bell there you go for because uh, the negro leagues probably have the best nicknames, best nicknames. Of, of any any professional sports league um 
And Cool Papa Bell, uh, he is a Negro Leagues Hall of Famer and MLB Hall of Famer. Played for the Kansas City Monarchs. Uh, and, I mean, Cool Papa Bell. Yeah. It's a sweet name. It is sweet. Yeah, so I'm going James Cool Papa Bell. Okay. Um, meet number, side number one for me. Um, I'm going... I'm going the Human Joystick, uh, Dante Hall. Um, better nickname than X Factor. The Human Joystick, I think, is a better nickname. I it, feel like X Factor is more local for him. It was a little more pop, but just because of that one guy who dressed up as X yeah, Factor, who turned out to be not a good person. Not a good person. Um, so maybe we should disown the X Factor nickname. Oh, I well, I disavow that guy. We disavow that guy. Yeah, for sure. But uh, no Human Joystick, like, Factor. because that was like when in my the peak of my Madden playing days, mm-hmm. and I like could I knew exactly it was the perfect way to explain Dante Hall and the way he played. Um, and I mean, for those like two or three seasons. He was like an MVP candidate, like halfway through the year, because he had like six kickoff and yep. punt returns, and um, was just incredible to watch. So yeah, I'm going human joystick, Dante Hall. It was pretty good. Um, all right, uh, let's see. Meet number two or side number two to round things out. Um, man, I think because I really want to get this on my list, I'm going with Mighty Mouse. Yeah, Mark McMillan. Mark McMillan, about five six, 150 pounds. In He's my he's probably head. like five nine. Yeah, <laughs> and I, he only played for the Chiefs for two years. Number twenty two. Number twenty two. Uh, and Mighty Mouse was his nickname because he was a, a little guy, but but brought the lumber and would mm-hmm. hit hard. Uh, played D back for the Chiefs. Um, Mark McMillan, Mighty Mouse. That's a great great nickname. Yeah. Um, all right, side number two for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of the best nicknames in all of sports, Honey Badger. Yeah. Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger. Um, again, one of those nicknames because it's got the animal connotation, like a lot of T-shirts with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's just a, a great nickname that you can you can just see it and imagine it, and that's how he plays. Um, and uh, I just I love the creativity. I never, no one had ever heard of a honey badger before Tyron Matthew existed. Mm-hmm. And we'll I know he didn't that video. But. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like when it started. It started yeah. at like the same time. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw the Honey Badger video, it was in a cut up into Tyron Matthew highlights. Oh, yeah. So it was mm-hmm. sweet. They um, also would do it for Colin Klein, and it was even cooler. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Real Honey Badger. Badger. Um, so I'm going Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Um, lots of honorable mentions. Uh, Buck O'Neill. Buck. Buck. Yeah, his name was uh, Jack. But it's not, yeah. Vincent Bo Jackson. Vincent Bo Jackson. Leonard Satchel Page. Yeah. Um, Low Kane. Low Kane. That very Rolls good. off the tongue. Um, and then basically any Ned Yost nickname. Yeah. Gordo. Haas. Esky. Just I, him we, shortening we everything. Tried to make Wi- Wizard of Haas was like kind of a thing for mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, like Two, Travis Kelsey and Zeus is kind of a thing. but Never took off for me. Two yeah. hit wit I like. Yeah, I like that. Um, T. Rich. Tony Richardson. T. Rich. T. Rich. Uh, HDH. Oh, that was. HDH was legit. Um, Ace Ventura, Jordano. Oh, yeah. Ace was good. Um, One that ended up stopping, the Mexicutioner. Yeah. Joaquin said, too much violence going on right now. I don't want to be the Mexicutioner. i to do my part. Yeah. Um, Duffman. Duffman. For for Duffy. Um, uh, Cheetah. Cheetah's really good. Uh, The White Puma. (laughs) Who's that? Jimmy Nielsen. The Sporting KC goalie. Was he the Sporting KC goalie? Yeah, he won a he won a trophy in 2013. Oh, oh yeah. He had it was white happening. hair. 
Yeah, that was the happening at the same time as the as the SEC championship game. Yeah, and I was getting mad at people for caring about that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I've got. Uh, yeah, I, I think Cheetah's an okay nickname. It's not my favorite for for. I uh, like it, dude. Um, uh, Spider Man, Andre Risen. Remember oh, when he would do the about that after yeah, every catch? Andre Risen would do the Spider Man pose. Yeah, that was good. Or and uh, Berman called him Andre Bad Moon Risen. Yeah, that was a good one. That was uh, yeah. A lot of the Chris Berman ones. Eric sleeping with B enemy. He's pretty good too. Nice. Um, my coworker uh, Ted McKnight, who's a running back for the Chiefs, his nickname was Touchdown Teddy. Ooh, that's a good. It's nickname. a pretty good nickname. That's a very if you're good a running nickname. back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and he works with me now. Selling insurance. Sweet. Slinging it. Sweet. Um, let's see. Yeah, the Bo Jackson and, and Buck O'Neill and, and Satchel Page ones, like those are their names. So mm-hmm. hard hard to say it's a nickname, but yeah. it is. Yeah. All right. Showtime. So, oh, uh, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Everyone calls yeah. Mahomes 2, 2 p.m. It's, it's happening. Um, yeah. Okay. So some good nicknames there. I can't wait to see what we missed. Uh, what other people remember? God, Country Breakfast. That was good. Country Breakfast. Skip my mind. I used to have a, a shirt that said Country Breakfast. It's so good. It. It's good. So good. All right. Um, okay. So thanks to, to Lead Bank again for working with us and, and Charles uh, for coming on the show and being a, an awesome interview as well. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media at State Your Line, and we'll see you around Kansas City. Thank you.